Alright, welcome back to Any Given Thursday. This is part two of our conference... League group previews. League group previews. Uh, we're back with Group E, as promised. Um, this features AZ Alkmaar, Apollon, Dini Pro 1, and Badoos. 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 Seems like it's set up for a really good battle for that second place spot to go through. Mm-hmm. Azed feels like they should be a pretty dominant team in this they group. Do. They yes. do feel that way. Yeah. Um, here's a question. Did I do the AZ bit or did you? Okay. <laughs> Great. Let's, so, let's, let's, let's let David take his, take his, have his moment then. Yeah. So Azed, no strangers to Europe recently. Last uh, season, they were in the conference league. They made it all the way to the round of 16 and then lost an extra time to Bodo Glimp. So, no shame in that. No shame in that. So we know that they have a history of playing in this competition. They know how to play in Europe. But their history is not as deep as you would think for the comfort European uh, performances in general. They did make the UEFA Cup final all the way back in 1981. But they're typically not in European football. They more often do not qualify. Uh, their attack in the league has been... Pretty good, uh, consistently scoring a couple goals a game, but you know they're way down in fourth on goal difference because they, unlike PSV, IX, and Feyenoord, are just not beating teams by six or seven goals <laughs> in the league. In Europe, however, they are beating teams by seven goals and four goals against you know, seven goal performance against Dundee United, four goals against Gil Vicente from Portugal. So mm-hmm. they've been smacking teams around. They've been smacking teams around in Europe. They are going to take a lot of the ball. They're over 60% possession in the league, which is actually only fourth in the Eredivisie. Yeah. So pretty top heavy league. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we saw it in uh, Europe as well. Dundee, they controlled over 60% of the ball. They were close to that number against Gil Vicente. Um, they're really good at winning the ball back and can press effectively, which helps them to keep control of the ball and keep control of the tempo of the game as well. Some of the key players you might want to watch out for are Zeno van Hutsen, who's center back on loan from Inter. He played on Genoa last year and started getting some time under Blessin, who is one of the better defensive coaches in Italy. I guess now not in Serie A. He got relegated. Uh, so you know maybe he can slide in right here and kind of once he gets his match fitness up, he's been being sprinkled into the team a little bit. He's only 20, I believe. So he's very promising. A lot of potential there. assume most players in the Dutch league are, are under, under 20. 20. <laughs> <laughs> I also have uh, Reindeers and Danny DeWitt. Reindeers. Reindeers, thank you. I prefer Reindeers. Now, is that two eyes or just one eye in the V? Is it? It's two eyes. Viet. 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 Thank you. Max uh, is our resident Dutch language expert <laughs> and will be correcting me. A lot of these, uh, they also... Yeah, you got the other one wrong, too. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. I'm I not, say never I'm getting any pronunciation best. right of any other language. Yeah, I can do the Romance language. I can languages. do Spanish, I can do Dutch. And Max has the Northern European one. Spanish and Dutch is all I got. Yeah. Um, so those two guys will be a lot uh, contributing to their attack and controlling the possession. Well, Van Houston will likely be kind of help clean things up. Their big loss was Owen Windahl. Vindal, Vindal, yeah, Vindal to Ajax, but they replaced him with Milos Kerkes, who's only 18, and he looks like he's kind of been so mm-hmm. if I as a starter. He is really exciting player to watch. His highlight clips on YouTube, really good, but they can make anybody look good. 
Uh, <laughs> With that technology these days, you yeah. forget about it. And uh, they forget also use Mas Devit. Uh, he, I believe, I mean, I misspelled his name on the notes, but I believe he and Danny Devit are related. Oh, they have the same last name. I didn't really look into it. I yeah, just kind yeah, of yeah. assume that two people with the same last name on the same team are going to be related. Yeah. Um, he should get a lot of minutes there as well. More Devit, am I right? Mas, yeah. Mas, Mas Devit. He just Devitz. came into the team though, so. I think he might take over as the starter as season goes on, as he kind of blends in tactically, given the age of Kirk is. But we'll see. Those are some of the exciting players to watch there. And that's probably what you're going to watch these Azed games for, is what players might take the leap up in a league to a bigger league next year, as opposed to watching them destroy another team as they cruise their way through this group. Radical. Yeah. How about the Cypriots? Yeah, so the other another team in this group is Apollon Nemesol. Their domestic season just started, and they won their first two games, one nothing. Woo! Yeah, really exciting, thrilling affairs. I uh, have looked really good in Europe. I thought so far they took Olympiacos all the way to penalties in I qualifiers, agree. and they looked good doing so, even though there was some referee controversy. But what Olympiacos? Why did they game, ever look good doing it? What yeah. Olympiacos game doesn't have referee controversy? <laughs> um, so the, I think they could really do some damage in this group, and. He would think they should be better than Vaduz, but Vaduz have picked up some real good wins in qualifying, so who actually knows where, how they're going to play. And Dnipro, again, with the whole situation going on around them, second place, definitely what Apollon should be aiming for. Their left winger, Jonas Pitas, has looked really good so far. He is another one of those players that's really good in the final third, so once we able to get the ball to him. You could take a second. No, I can't. I need to struggle. rush through this. Yeah. Uh, just took <laughs> a pass drink out. of water, and it's not sitting very well somehow. <laughs> um, he's left winger. He was really good against Olympiacos, and once he gets in the final third, he can make a big difference. Uh, interesting team to look at the roster. They're just so geographically diverse. Like they're bringing in players from all over the world. There's not a lot of Cypriots in this team, which is pretty normal. There are a lot of them Cypriot. anywhere. Yeah. Cypriot League has a lot of foreign players in it, one of the highest percentages. But that's just, it'll be interesting to see Man how they can... too, right? Yes. That's interesting. Basically, how they blend their kind of different styles that they would have learned mm-hmm. growing that up. Probably, that probably, I would guess, is helping the league, uh, you know, improve its coefficient and results. Yeah. Because of, like, a little bit of a diversification of ideas. And that's a total speculation, but I wonder if there's something there. I mean, it helps with the Premier League It helps with well. every big league has... has the big leagues tend to have more international people, obviously. Yeah. And I guess, I, yeah, that one, doesn't surprise there's me. There's debate as to whether it's helping the Cypriot national team or hurting them. Mm. But I think it should help. I mean, England's the best they've probably ever been. And they have the most diverse league in the in Europe. So I think if they're maybe trying to recreate that type of idea, like make so the you're Cypriots Cyprus, fight for their spot. Yeah, you're saying in a few years they could be the Premier League? I'm saying in a few years they could lose European finals. Like yes, 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 or even win them and then miss the World Cup. <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> I don't think that should be allowed. I think Italy should be given a spot in the World Cup. Um, and I'm hurt. <laughs> sick. Dini Pro won. Uh, we talked about them before. How they have a sort of a weird and slightly sketchy recent history, where they basically rebooted the club <laughs> from scratch, sans consequences. Um, so they won their first two league games, um, including beating Kiev 3-0. Um, obviously they bunch of lost a bunch of, bunch of international players, 
when the war started. Um, uh, they also lost a Ukrainian named Yegor Yamorluk, who's a 18-year-old attacking mid to Brentford B for $1.65 million, so he's obviously excellent. Um, <laughs> and uh, in terms of arrivals, they paid about a million for a left-back named Yana Samache from Boa Vista. Domingo Blanco is a 27-year-old center mid. They brought in on a free from Independiente. Um, other players, they got Artem Dovbik. He's a 25-year-old center forward. He has He's, the highest market value on the team. Yeah, he plays for Ukraine a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He has 11 caps and four goals yeah. for the national team. Uh, 24 goals in 49 appearances for the club. Um, it's impossible to say what you know the effect of the war will have on them playing somehow domestic games in Ukraine, but international game or the, yeah, the European games in Poland, like it, it's hard. It's impossible to say. So, uh, I picked yeah, them last. It takes away one of the big advantages that Ukrainian teams had, which was their home field advantage. You know, Ukraine, very tough place to go play. It's a long way to travel for a lot of these teams. And now the travel's a little less. They're not going to get the rabid fans showing up since they're playing in Poland. So they'll get some, but not, not the level that they would have had if they were able to play this in Ukraine. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, but I, it's hard to just hard to see the. Just have a hard time like backing the Ukrainian teams to get out of the groups until I know more. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then we have everyone's favorite Vaduz, the Liechtensteinians, um, who are in the second Swiss tier. They're not good in it. They're not good in it. They've started with zero wins, three draws, and. Four. Four losses for three points. Puts them second bottom of the ten teams. Ten goals scored. Seventeen conceded. Most conceded in the second tier so far. Uh, Even the team with zero points below them has conceded fewer. (laughs) Um, They should. They're another contender, I think, for, on paper, worst team in the competition. Mm. Like, maybe they should be considered the worst team in the competition. Um uh, by just like realistic measures of <laughs> the league they're playing in, but of course they've had some shock results, and not just like not shock as in like wow they what what a steal what a smash and grab. It's like they've actually deserved the results. Yeah, they've outplayed they outplayed both Kanye Spor yeah. and Rapid Vienna. Like, right, like a sh- like shocking. Uh, some of their players, their highest valued player is center back Arbinit. Jamalzli, who's a Jamali, I think. Okay, he's a center back from that they got from Sunderland on a free. He's worth 550k according to Transfermarkt. Uh, Dario Ulrich, who's a 24-year-old right midfielder. Fabio Fair, another right mid, is supposed to be good. And Tunahan Sizek is their center forward, leading the lines. He's got four goals so far. They also have a guy named Pepsi. That's fun. Isn't that fun? Nice. I wonder if they have, any of the other teams have a guy named Coke. Maybe they'll get a Yeah, but God bless Vaduz. Yeah. I couldn't pick them last only because only for the romance. I don't yeah. think they'll finish not last, but I'm picking them third. This is a tough group. I to wanted pick. to pick them second. Pick for second. I think we both agree, Azad, easily. Indeed. Coming first. Just hard to get a read on Dnipro right yes, now it since it's been so long since we've seen them play more than a couple competitive games. Uh, I have Apollon going through this group right now. I do too. Yeah. I think Apollon is... Good. Mm. And actually, I think they have a second locked up, baby. Wow. Locked up. Yep. Locked and loaded. It. Stone cold lock of the century. Stone cold lock of, of the, the century of the week. Apollon goes through second. Wow. Uh, I have Vaduce over Dini Pro 
because I'm an asshole. And, and you're, I love you're romantic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you heard it here, folks. I'm a romantic, just not about Ukraine. No. I'm a romantic about Vaduce. I can't help it. I'm um, a little anti-Ukraine sometimes because my personal email once was stolen. Uh, and they said it was a guy in Ukraine who did it. And wow. I don't think I'll ever really get over that. Wow. Well, had to if it makes you feel better, he's probably serving in the military against his will. Right? <laughs> I still, you know, we're pro, yeah, pro, on Ukraine, that note, pro Ukraine in the war. Pro obviously. In the war. And in general. Obviously, that was a, a yoke. Yes. And we're so funny. Uh, yeah, since we're great comedians, <laughs> we're just going to move on to the next group. Group F, Jurgarden, Ghent, Molda, Shamrock. Wow, that's a really northern group. This is a very northern group. This is such a conference group. Yeah. Um... Let's get started with Ghent, shall right. we? Mm-hmm. Um, we have they've only won the league one time ever, which surprised me. It um, is surprising. Yeah, 2014-2015. Uh, usually in and around competing for European spots, but you know they're not usually, I'd say. Sometimes they finish second, but I'd say they're not usually in the top two. Um, they've started okay, three wins, two draws, one loss. Um player probably best known right now to an international audience would be uh, anyone who listens to David speak. It's Jans Petter Hauge. I love that man. He's on loan from Frankfurt, formerly of Milan, formerly of Bodo Glimt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's played yet, so he might have been like a late deadline He move. was a late move. Okay, so, but that, he's exciting. Um, they have a guy named Hugo Kuypers, who's a center forward that they brought in for $4.4 million. They got another guy named Jordan... Toru, Toru Nariga is a center back that they brought in for about $4 million from Hurta. Hyun uh, Suk Hong, a center mid uh, that they got from Lask for $1.6 million. Uh, in the meantime, they sold Osman Bukhari to Red Star for three, uh, and uh, a guy named Vakun Isof Bio for one point six. Uh, Kuypers is off to a good start. The center forward they bought, um, he's got four goals and an assist in six games. Um, his XG though is also four, which is weird because he's not actually overperforming. Usually you'd see that early in the season. If you're, if you're at that pace, you're outperforming XG, but he's not. So he must be just like racking up chances. Yeah. But he's also not missing <laughs> yeah. a ton of chances either, which is probably a good indicator that he'll yeah. be able to keep up some level they, like this type yeah. of performance. They must be feeding him a lot. Yeah. Um, my favorite player on the team though is Sven Coombs. <laughs> Nice. Uh, <laughs> they like to possess the ball as a team. Otherwise, their stats aren't all that like noteworthy, I found, at this point in the season. Um, yeah, they looked really bad against Ammonia in the Europa qualifying. So I'm still kind of holding that against them when I get to my selection of they, they order did look, here. did look really bad against Ammonia. They looked really bad. I do, They did do a lot of their business a little later in the window, so maybe... That had something to do with their performance against Ammonia. Mm-hmm. But it's not a good sign for their European adventure. It isn't. I'm holding it against them. We'll get mm-hmm. to that. Let's move on. Let's move on to Molt. To the Norwegians. Ooh, burr. Ooh, burr. <laughs> it's you. All right. Molt, I mean, they're top of the Norwegian table. And this is a summer league, so they are actually top of the table. Uh, they look to be kind of running away with the league, which will help them because Jurgarn and Shamrock also in summer leagues, but they are not super far ahead. Jurgarns are in second in their league. Shamrock are winning, but it's closer. Um, so they can actually focus on the European groups a little more than the other no- northern teams might be able to. 
Um, also demonstrated an ability to balance this uh, throughout their history. They're a pretty common European team. Uh, they're going to look to hold possession as well, but they can play without possession. They gave up a lot of possession in the qualifiers and still managed to get through. Good for them. Yeah. They're a really good passing team. Their long pass accuracy was the best is the best in the league, which isn't really a surprise, but it's by far the best in the league. So they can ping those long passes, which might mm. come up or might be it's really interesting for the time. high like a high possession team too. Yeah. Usually you see that from like a countering team. Well, they're not like the sheer quantity numbers mm. aren't super high. Oh, it's their but accuracy. It's their accuracy. Okay. It's when they do it, so they're, they're the really good at it. To, yes. Yeah. Yeah, which could be really helpful when, you know, you're playing a team like Jurgarden or Ghent, who are at your level, mm. and might get more of the ball, is that you can shift to playing this kind of counterattacking style and still be effective at it. I think sure. that gives them a bit of an upper edge is the ability to play multiple ways. Uh, hard to pinpoint their best player, because they're just, like, really complete as a team. It's When you watch them, it's 11 guys playing as a team. No one particularly stands out. Maybe Linus, who is uh, their right back, and they are pretty reliant on their fullbacks for how they play. So he gets to see a lot of the ball. Uh, he's very creative, good player to have on the wings. He's really good passer, really good at sending crosses in. Uh, they also bought Christian Eriksen for pretty big money over the summer. And he's instantly Christian Eriksen, huh? Yeah. Uh, both names spelled differently. <laughs> <laughs> he has been pretty good so far. It's Christian, like the Kardashians. Uh-huh. Uh, he's been an instant contributor for them and, will likely get even better and better as he becomes more familiar with the team. So big money for Moldo, obviously. It wasn't like thirty million, it was like two. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah. <laughs> uh move on to the other anyway, Scandinavian they good, huh? team. They good. Yeah, I think they're pretty good. You've noted good. here they good. They good. They good. Okay, cool. Uh Jurgarden is pretty good. They pretty good. They're uh they're second in the, Sw- the Swedish league behind Hacken, interestingly. Um three points behind uh after twenty played. Um, they've had kind of an upward trajectory in the last 10 years. Um, now I'm just going to list off, uh, like the last 10 years, yeah, go for it. uh, starting 10 years ago, 11th, 9th, 7th, 7th, 6th, 7th, 3rd, 7th, 1st, 1st, 1st in 2019. It was their first title since 05, um, which is also found interesting given that they're one of traditionally the big, like four in Sweden, which would be, you know, them and the other two Stockholm teams in Malmo. Um, and then fourth and third. So you can see they've sort of been they've been hovering around higher performance um, after a dip um, in the early 2010s. Um, they have two co-leading scorers at uh, the last time I checked. I don't know if it changed yesterday, but Joel Asoro and Victor Edvardsson each have six apiece. Edvardsson also has seven assists. Magnus Eriksson has seven assists, um, and center mid Elias Anderson has five assists. He seems to be a key player, too. Um, the advanced stats seem to suggest that when he plays, the team gets more points um, and have a better goal difference. Wow. Um, Must be a good yeah. player. On-off, per, points per 90, all that good stuff. Um, so the transfer business, not super exciting. It's a lot of, like, uh, loanies and free transfers. They did pay 770 k for Edvardsson. That seems to be working out. Because obviously he's off to a really good start, um, yeah, and that's that's Jurgarden. They looked actually. I think they were a team that surprised us in qualifying a little bit. Like they were more competent than we maybe expected. Yeah, speaking of their transfer business, they did sell 
Isaac Hine to mm-hmm. LS Verona. Mm-hmm. And I thought he looked really, really good when I've watched him play in qualifying and like the one highlights of a league game that I've watched. He and Ekdal were a really great pairing and Ekdal's still there. They're both young. So keep an eye out for Ekdal. I think he has mm-hmm. some potential to be eventually Sweden's nail on, nailed on starting center back and Lots of Isaac yeah, Hine, no, you were big on them in the qualifiers. Yeah, the loss of Isaac Hyde, though, could be really... Until they conceded a really, bunch in the, yeah, they in the did game. Not right after you said game. you reported that I they know. were really good. <laughs> I think Hein was really bad in that game. I mm-hmm. think it's because he was distracted because he moved to LS Verona the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he was focused on his transfer. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of why they looked so poor in sure. that game. But they still got through. And they're here and could be a good team. They're here. They're here. Uh, you know here, who else here, is here? You're here, here. Shamrock Rovers. Oh, good for them. Uh, back in European group stages, only second time in team history. And they had some decent results on their way to making the group stages. They beat Ludogorets at home, uh, even though they lost really convincingly <laughs> on the road. We'll ignore that part. Uh, they dominated Shkupi over both legs. And they won a Sha-coopy. game Sha-coopy. against an that team that's hard to get in the groups. Yeah, they didn't get in the groups. They did not get in the groups. Uh, they also won a game against a pretty heavily rotated Ferenc Baros. Uh So, you know, like they can beat some of these decent teams. Um, you know, none of them are world-beating clubs. You know, it's not like they had to play any of the super big clubs on their way in, but decent opponents, nonetheless. They are again controlling the domin- controlling and dominating the Irish League like they always do. And if they win the league title, it would tie them with. Rivals Dundalk for most <gasps> Irish league titles, so it's a big no, deal for them to. That's big time to finish off this season strong and take home the title. Yeah, they better. Uh, we talked a lot in when we talked about them in qualifiers about that they're physically very large team. They're very imposing. Uh, the center backs are big. A lot of really large penises. Well, that I meant, I meant their height, but yeah, oh, yeah, their sorry. penises might be. I have not. But examined. famously, height and height and penis size correlate. Famously, it actually doesn't correlate <laughs> at all, <laughs> which is interesting, which means like you look at a guy like Shaq, you're probably gonna be a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, speaking of height, yes, Gaffney, their striker, really huge looks, penis. Yep, maybe I haven't looked at it. He's got the classic target man look to him, and he can really step up in the midfield and kind of collect clearances, give them a chance to counterattack, which could be really important in these games since they will be playing on the back foot. They're not the same quality as the other teams in this group. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Playstyle might help them steal a point. Yeah, do you, think they're, uh, do you think they're going to finish not last? Uh, no, I think they're going to finish last. Me too. Yes. Uh, what is your order? I the think group? that Ghent are the most talented team in this group, and I think they'll... They'll win it. And then I have Moldix. I think they can focus a little more than Jurgardens, who are in a tight title race. And Jurgardens coming third. I have Molda in first. Mm. And Jurgardens second. Whoa, you have Gent I'm going getting, out. Get out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Uh, I just, I'm still, I'm probably overly traumatized by their ammonia performance. Mm. Um, but I just think, like, I don't know. I need a couple upset picks, you know? Fuck them. All right. You had Nice, I got Gent. There we go. Uh, just two more groups remaining. Yeah. I am uh, sweating absolute bullets in here. It is yeah, so we hot. Need we need an office. office. We need a recording studio. Um, somebody get that for us, please. Um, Anybody wants G, to sponsor this podcast, that would be lovely. <laughs> group G features features Slavia, Prague, Cluj, Sivaspor, and Balkani. Ooh. 
in their first ever appearance in a group stage. Wow. Way to go, Balkani. Oh, wowee. Wow, that's fun. Um, why don't we go ahead and start with Salavia. Salavia. Salavia Prague. Saliva. Definitely come into this group as the biggest European pedigree of any team. They made a Europa League semifinal before. Last year, they went all the way to the quarterfinals. And their current UEFA coefficient actually has them just behind Frankfurt and Lazio. And ahead of Zagreb and Braga. So that's... Damn. I was a little surprised by that because I don't think of them as a team yeah. with that like level of quality. But they've put in Also, Frankfurt just literally won a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, Frankfurt hadn't, hadn't done, done well in Europe for a while. Yeah. Yeah. For a while and uh, Lazio also notoriously not... I just feel like these the coefficients are like not well calculated. <laughs> no, they're also very... Like, like how do you not get... Uh, it doesn't matter. Different, different. They, I think they have the trouble waiting. Yeah, they have trouble waiting the different competitions in a fair way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, about Slavia, not the coefficient. They are. I think they're just a team that benefits a lot from this tournament existing, as they've had trouble getting into Europa League group stages, let alone getting out of them. But in this tournament, you know, they can play these group stages, raise a profile a little bit, get some extra money coming into the club, and maybe help push the entire Czech league on. Uh, they're currently top of the table at seven games, and they've done that well balancing European football. So it shows kind of the quality and the depth they have compared to the rest of the league. To be fair, Pilsen has played one fewer game. Yes, but who cares? Yeah. Slavia, top Not of the me. table. Uh, they've been dismantling most of the smaller teams they played, but when they're playing bigger... Not Slovako. I was about to mention that. Yes. When they're playing teams with a little bit higher quality, like Panathinaikos and Slovako... They have struggled to get the possession that they're used to, which is like them struggling to create chances. So they're not a team that creates out of nothing and creates on the counterattack really well. But even in those games, they're still very clinical. Like they'll finish the few chances that they get, and they don't concede a ton. So like they kept Panathinaikos pretty much toothless in the entire performance, and Slovako scored against them in a 1-1 draw. Um, but they did also kind of struggle to get through Rakal, and get into the group stages. And even though they were a vastly superior team in both ties, they lost the first one. But after Raquel took the lead, they were a little more focused on time wasting than actually playing sure. football. So <laughs> maybe that's why it was so difficult. Slavia looked like they could have eventually put in five or six in that second leg. Uh, going to Prague is also notoriously difficult. difficult. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, we're going to say that for a lot of these Eastern yeah. European teams. That's how they built up their reputations. This is like, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. We should um, do we should do a thing one time when we pick like we decide like the ten craziest atmospheres in the yes. conference league or whatever. Uh, last year though in uh, Europe they beat Union at home they beat Maccabi Tel Aviv at home and they mm-hmm. held Feyenoord to a draw. Very so those impressive. Are, yeah, three very impressive results I would say. Uh, some of their key players to look out for are Thomas Holes, who is a defensive huh. midfielder who's really good at plugging ah! the holes in front of the defense. Ah! Oh, I'm so proud of that one. <laughs> Also uh, have uh, Peter Olayinka, who's a left winger joined from Ghent. So she'll be interesting to see how he fits in with the team, what he can do. He's supposed to be pretty good, but I haven't seen him play much for Slavia yet. All right. Let's go to Cluj. Do you have any Cluj as to how they're going to play? Cluj are another decent-sized team for, I think, what our general perception how big of, of them how, is. Uh, how, big, how big of a hole could they fill? They could... Uh, could they plug? They could, Let's move on. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Their league and European performances have been like kind of the reverse of each other. In the league, they have probably the best offense 
in the entire league, but have been really struggling defensively. But in Europe, they barely ever scored, but no one can score on them. So it'll be interesting to see whether that stays the same and whether they just kind of shut up shop in their European competition and try to get out with some nil-nils, one-nothings. Uh, some of their better players are Andre Burka, who's a remaining international center back, and Claudio Putrilla, who is a 21-year-old right-footed left winger who's great goal scorer, likes to come sat and rip off shots with his right foot. Sweet as. Yeah. Move on to Sivasspor. Let's do it. They're, uh, they have a nice 0-3-2 start to the league, which seems bad, but then you realize their highest ever finish as a club is runners-up. In 09. Uh, they finished 10th last year, but here on the basis of winning the Turkish Cup. Ooh, good for them. Yeah. You know, they have a couple of recent, like, fourth, fifth place finishes, um, but they're not typically in the European places, I'd say. More often than not, they're not. Um, uh, could explain their slow start to the league um, because, A, you know, they're not used to playing these extra games with all that travel, but also they're not that exceptional in the league anyway, usually. Um, so, uh, some players, Max Elaine Gradle, Gradle, left winger, led the team in assists last season. Mustafa Yadabera, uh, center forward, led the team in goals, but he's yet to get off the mark this season. Um, so far, they've conceded three goals. Sorry, they've scored three goals and conceded eight. Oof. Not great. They're clearly not scoring. A bad sign is that their XG is quite low, too. 4.6, so they're only underperforming a little bit. Um... That's 4.6 is 16th in the Turkish table for XG. Um, yeah, again, they've played five games. So every time your XG is lower than your, like if your XG per 90 is lower, lower than one, that's not good. Um, they're a counterattacking team, typically low possession rate. Um, last year, they led the Turkish League in accurate long balls per match. Um, that so might translate well for... You'd think so, yeah. Some European performances. Uh, they, unless they can't score anyway. Yeah. Um, but they did try to bring in some attacking uh, people this summer. Uh, they brought in Carol Angel- Angelski. Angelski? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think you got that one. Yeah, sure. Uh, for a million, he's a center forward. They brought him from the Polish League. Um, Charlaus, uh, or Karolaus Charisis. It's Greek. Charisis. I don't know. 550k they paid for him. Uh he's a he's a uh he's from Greece. Um I mean much about I don't give a shit. Uh Ahmed Musa, right winger. Dia Saba, attacking midfielder. Um apparently he's looked pretty good so far and he's also their most valuable player according to transfer marked. Um they, so they brought in a couple of players with an eye towards the attacking third. Um so far it hasn't worked. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that Uh, Balkani um, who have only played two league matches so far Um, and I think I think last year was their first league title whoa I think and they're already making group stages right Um, again we talked about this though that they're the first uh, Kosovoan team to ever make a group stage at all Kosovo's interesting though they've since they you fucking kidding me you're just going up and down the block? Fucking asshole. Um, yeah, I think they're the first Kosovo and team. Right, we talked about this. They're the first Kosovo and team to ever make a group stage. Yeah, and Kosovo's been kind of interesting since they formed as a new league and were allowed into European competitions. They've been getting better and better each year. So 
this might not like be as an international the last time team too. Yeah. Yeah. This might not be the last time you hear about Balkani or the Kosovan League. They might be back in the same spot a couple times over the next few years. Cool. Um you hand me that charger? Yes, I will, of course. Sexy. Uh but yeah, Balkani. Uh, they're just here for the ride, man. It's a pretty big deal for them. Um this is a super friendly group too. Like they kinda nailed they kinda nailed this. Um I think this is a group where they can actually take points off of people. Um, like, yes, they're a tiny team, but they did get some, you know, okay results in, in qualifying. Um, you know, they only lost to Zagreus in the champs uh, qualifying 2-1 on aggregate. Uh, Zagreus is okay. Um, they beat Key on penalties, which is obviously, you know, they're a tiny team, but Key did get a result at home against Bodo, for instance. Like, they're not terrible. Uh, and they beat Scoopy in two legs, which, yes, Shamrock did too, but um, Scoopy was favored. Yeah, it's um, a little bit of a surprise. It's a bit of a surprise. Um, so, don't really know anything about their players, to be honest. Uh, their uh, transfer market's highest value player is left winger Ermal Kresniki, 23 year old. Um, he's worth apparently 385K. Nice. Um, so, we're working with small numbers here. We're frankly going to have to watch them to find out. Yeah, especially much. since there's not a lot of data from their league yet. Right. We're going to have to watch them to learn a little more detail. But um, this, if you're looking for like a hipster league in the conference league, this might be your best bet. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? I think that... I think Slavia are going to take this. I think they're a big team. They're playing really, I'll go really step well. further. I think they'll take this easily. Ooh. Yeah. All right. I think Cluj. I think Cluj give them more for their money, but I feel like Sivaspor should be getting out of this group. Like they're a Turkish team. Turkish league it definitely has the most money of any of these leagues. But there's just something about Sivaspor that feels like they're not. At I don't the think quality. they're ready for this. Yeah. yeah. Not at a European level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cluj and Slavia. Yeah, and I think the midweek thing is going to be very difficult for mm-hmm. them. And then Balkani. Coming in last because, I agree. unfortunately... I do think they'll pick up, like, five points, maybe? Five? I think they'll get one win at home and I'd pick up a, and maybe, like, a draw or two. I'd love to see them pick up a win at home. I think that'd be great. I think one win and, like, a draw or two seems reasonable to me. Yeah. I don't think they'll be, like, terrible. Yeah. Uh, Move on to the last group. The last group ever is, of all uh, time. Not not the best group, either. It We're not really ending on that. It's honestly terrible group yeah. <laughs> not ending on the highest note but we are ending on i think an interesting note it's, you think it feels is, a little harder to is predict this the worst there. group or the second worst group i think overall quality wise mm. it's close. might be the second worst i think it's pretty bad yeah uh so we have basil we have um slavon bratislava mm-hmm. we have uh Zalgaris and punic wow wow Wow. Wow. You want to start us off talking about Basel a little bit? I suppose. We're going to twist my arm about it. Um, they're off to, a, you guessed it, a bad start in the league. Won three and two in six matches. They lost to Sion and Luganu already. Sion, now of Balotelli fame. Uh, <laughs> Love to see it. Uh, the club got very used to winning the league every season. Um, they won in 08 and then 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. It's eight in a row, nine of ten. They haven't won since 2017. Uh, lots of second and third place finishes. Um, kind of coinciding with the rise of young boys. Plus, Zurich won last year. Um, 
last season they were uh, unsurprisingly first, second, or third in every like basic stat, which you know so is Young Boys and Zurich last year. Um, thus far this year, their defensive performance is pretty similar, but they're not scoring um, at the same rate, which is something again we've seen time and time again in these in these breakdowns for these teams that maybe feel a little stretched by the by the European uh, midweek matches. Um, in terms of arrivals, they brought in a couple of young guys. Uh, Ricardo Cali- Calafiori from Roma. So disappointed that Roma sold him he, out of the league. Why? Is he I, exciting? He's 20 years old, exciting, left back. Very exciting, promising young left back. Just kind of got, you know, a couple years ago, people thought he was going to be Roma's long-term it's like a wounded left back. Type. Yeah, Spinazzola was starting to show a little bit of his age. But obviously, he... We found himself and then towards Achilles. Mm. But Zalewski kind of pushed Cuff Fury down the pecking order to the third left back. So Roma, I guess, decided cash out now. Well, he still got some value. Yeah, one is not a lot of value, but it could be if he's... Well, he probably would have ended up leaving on a free yeah, if sure. he's just sitting if he can, the If he, you know, finds some of his form, it could be a bit of a steal for Basil. Yeah, he's still only 20. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have a... 18-year-old left winger. They pay also paid $1 million for from Herta. His name is Anton Cade. Okay. Cade, Cade. Uh, Bradley Fink, 19-year-old center forward. Uh, just under a million from Dortmund 2. Uh, Hugo Vogel, a left back also, who's 18. Um, free from Leon B. So, you know, you can kind of see the strategy here yeah. uh, of collecting fun young players. Um, they brought a bunch of free transfers. Uh, center forward named Jean-Kevin Augustine from Nantes. Uh, center back named Andy Pelmard, um, who was on loan at Nice, or known from Nice and is now signed permanently. Uh, right winger named Dan Nadoye, um, same deal as, as Pelmard, uh, with Nice. Uh, Andy Zakiri from Brighton. He's a 23-year-old center forward. He has seven Swiss national caps and he's scored twice in the league so far. I think they'll hopefully be relying on him up front, um, for a decent amount of the season. Noah Kauterbach. Left back from Cologne, another left back, a bunch of left young left backs. He's only twenty one too, um, and they have a guy named Darian Mollis or Mollies Mollies. He's Mollis. a he's attacking f- midfielder who's on loan from Inter right now. Yeah, he's Swiss. He was actually there for part of last season. He was loaned mm-hmm. at the end, and he got played in most of the games after getting loaned there. So I think he should be a key piece, and he's going to be there minimum two years, two year loan. Cool. So. Yeah. Well, the strategy again is to collect a lot of youth. Um, Exciting young players that, for for whatever reason, maybe couldn't cut it or just didn't work out at you know at a top five league, giving them a chance to shine in the Swiss league. Hopefully that works for them long term. Um, other exciting players they have: Vuta Berger, twenty one year old center mid, uh, and Liam Miller. He's a left winger who's twenty two. He's Canadian. He has fifteen Canadian caps. He was formerly of the Liverpool U twenty three setup. Um, you know, he'll, he's an important player for them. Uh, he scored seven goals last year, and he was their dribbliest boy. Oh, I love a dribbly boy. Um, I forgot Wutterberger was only 21. Yeah, I know. He's so young, right? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but Miller, you know, he'll be wanting to get into the Canadian team for the World Cup, so his form will be important. Yes. Um, and, yeah, for our Canadian listeners out there, um, yeah, Basil feel like they should win the group, right? Yeah. But they haven't been that good so far at all, so... We'll see. Who knows? Let's do Bratislava, shall we? Yeah, Slovan Bratislava, 12-time Slovak League winners, and they continue their stranglehold on the top flight by topping the league by 11 points to win their fourth straight title last year. Say it, baby. They have been really good again so far. Only nine games in, five points on top. 
They also have the most goals and the fewest conceded. Damn. So they're playing really, Locked really loaded. well. Uh, been pretty mixed in Europe so far this year. Dropped down to the Conference League after losses to Frank Varos and Olympiacos. Were decent quality opposition. But they looked really good against Olympiacos in that game. And really frustrated Olympiacos. And the game went all the way to penalties. Mm-hmm. Also, another really one bad after... a little bit of rough controversy. Yeah. Some people were not happy with some of the calls. Yes, yeah. You will see most of the time Olympiacos play. They just put themselves in position for the ref to make a lot of right. calls. Um, but they also had to go all the way to Pens to beat Bosnia and Herzegovinian team Zrinski. They also looked really bad. In they looked really bad in that. Really so. strange. Um, so it'll be interesting to see Who knows? which Slovan shows up. Is it the team that almost took out Olympiakos or the team that almost got taken out by Drinsky? Uh Some of their key players to look out for. They have a former Milan, Watford, and Parma player, Juric Kuchka, who's still... The Kuch! Still playing a super aggressive style in midfield. He's an absolute workhorse on the field. So when you watch him play, you will hear his name a lot. He'll be involved. I love a hardworking horse. Yeah, real bulldog mentality, to quote. <laughs> Mixing so 16. many metaphors. <laughs> they also have a young Georgian, kind of advanced midfielder in Georgie Chakvatadze, who has began to solidify a spot in the starting 11 after he got loaned this year from Ghent. Uh, he's been playing well and can be technically really proficient and chip in with a few goals. Uh, but when he's not playing, he can be kind of black hole for the team on offense and kind of suck away Yikes. their ability to black do anything else. Black hole's not good. Yeah, but... You know, pairing him with guys like uh, Guevara and Mika Tudze for Georgia, it's a pretty promising group of little Georgian youngsters up front. So <laughs> they're the they're the Georgian team. Well, no, no, those guys are not on this team. Guevara oh. is obviously on Napoli. Oh, the Georgian team itself. Yeah, the Georgian yeah, national yeah, yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. looking to try to get in there. He's was on their most recent call ups, so he's a pretty good young player. Those are kind of two guys that I think will make a big difference for them uh, in the group stages. Cool, cool, Talk cool. About Zalgiris. Yeah, man. Yeah. The the uh, the Lithuanians. No, yes, the Lithuanians. Lithuanians. Yeah, they're first in their league by only five points, but they also have four games in hand. Did you do this or did I do this? I don't know. Well, it's all to stay. They are first in their league by only five points, but four games in hand. Oh shit! On second place, yeah. so <laughs> they should be pretty comfortable. Once they play those games, uh, since they are, man. in fact, the best team in the league. Yeah. Uh, Lithuania League, not considered very high quality. It's 34th in Oof. coefficient. So they've struggled in Europe a lot recently. They have the best attack and the best defense in the league, which is probably why they've won a record nine Lithuanian League titles, which is only one more than Kanaus. But I don't think Kanaus are going to catch Zagreus anytime soon, since they do not exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they are, in fact, defunct. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. Um, Huge bummer. Some players to keep an eye out for are Francis Kearema, who's a right winger. If they get results in this, which will be tough for them, he will probably be the main reason why. They also have Nemanja Lubisayevich, which is a tough name to say, but he is not tough to watch. He's a really, really gifted center back, and he's definitely the main reason Zagreus have the best defense in the league. Really smooth. It's like uh, watching, you know, when you watch Van Dyke and he looks like he's not trying yes. on the field. It's the same type of vibe, just against there is, no, from the Lithuanian no, League. They're the exact same player. Uh, one and two best center backs in the world. He, just, he doesn't look like he even needs to try on the field. He's always in the right spot. You know, he always makes the right play for them. So Sweet. Um, so, 
Now for a team that from a country with an even lower coefficient, they are 41st. Oof. Um, that is Punic. Uh, Punic is in a country. Um, and Armenia. Armenia. <laughs> is Armenia. I cannot believe 41st is so low. Yeah. Uh, they're won three, lost two to start league play. Again, hard to read into that much uh, this early. Uh, they used to win the league every year. But since 2010, they've just won it twice in 14-15 and last year. Mm. Um, they beat Cluj and Diddlers in champs qualifying, which pretty surprise, pretty impressive actually. Um, not teams you'd think they'd beat, um, especially Cluj. Um, then they went out on pens to Sheriff after a in the Europa quals after a thrilling nil-nil aggregate over 10, 210 <laughs> minutes. Um, so yeah, they're no, they're not necessarily a slouch here. Um, they have a Brazilian named Juninho who better be taking the free better kicks. Better be taking the free kicks. Uh, uh, I literally can't find any other notes or stats about them. Um, so let's have to see but, them on the pitch. But the Cluj and Sheriff things are like, like they can't be that bad then, right? Yeah. That said, we both have them finishing last. <laughs> yeah. I and Basel that... finishing first, but we differ on second and third. We do. I think uh, Slovan. Have a little more about them. I'm also I love George Kuchka. He was a bright spot during the Milan Banter eras. Eras so always gonna support his team. It's part of why I have them coming second. And that's frankly the smart and reasonable pick. Mm-hmm. I've gone big upset and romance with Zalgiris. Wow. Off of very little. Um, I think they've from the little I saw of them in qualifying though they were like a lot better than I thought. And I'm mostly going off that one game against Ludogorets <laughs> that they should have won yeah. uh, and didn't at home. Um, so we mentioned Armenia being 41st in coefficient. Mm-hmm. They are, of all the leagues still left, yep. they are the lowest coefficient and we're the second lowest coming into the competition. Damn. Liechtenstein doesn't really count because the yeah. Jews are playing in Switzerland. Uh, but also, Kosovo, we talked about them moving up yep. a little bit. They have the highest... Uh, individual league jump so far this season they've passed oh, very up six spots all the way up to 33rd very interesting where's cyprus cyprus is currently in uh 21st they're down one mm. spot right now but just behind turkey yeah just behind turkey and of the potential to pass be surprised to see him jump them this year wow that's super embarrassing um, for turkey to be that low yeah they still have three teams left. Turkey does have four teams left. Yeah. Right? Because their teams start later in qualifying, so it's yeah. harder to pick up those points early on. But but Turkey should absolutely be in the top ten. Oh, yes. Like, historically. Wow. Yeah. Especially uh, Greece has also been slipping. They're down to 17th now uh, after their start to this year. Mm-hmm. It started the year in 15th, and they've been picking up less. Uh, last year, they had high coefficient because... Olympiacos and Pauk made runs, but now only Olympiacos is left. So mm. I would just like to read out some names of countries that are above Turkey and coefficient right now. Norway. Ooh. Greece. Ooh. That's it. Uh. <laughs> That's those are the most surprising ones. Russia. Who have zero, Scotland. Russia yeah. have zero teams left. Russia have zero teams left. Oh man. Anyway. Um Russia you know do have currently the second highest coefficient for this year though. How? The UEFA just gave them 4.3. They were like, that's the lowest you've gotten in the last five years, so we'll just give you that again. Oh, my God. Lichtenstein have the highest because they only have one team, so it's not divided by any real numbers. Well, you know what? On that note. We've done it. We've talked about we've talked all the about conference league groups. 16 groups this weekend. 64 teams. That's so many. Ooh. I'm 
That was a lot of work. But guess what? We're coming back tomorrow with another pod where we will typically go back to our Wednesday shtick where we break down all the all the good fixtures. All the good good. In match week one uh, in the Europa and the Conference League. And of course, we'll be back with you on Friday morning after we watch all the good football on Thursday. Nice. Nice. That would um, be fun. We fucking done it. I hope this sounded great. We're on a new, brand new microphone that hopefully has a better quality. Yeah, we're testing so, it you out. Know, yeah, you know, slap some, uh, slap some tweets at us if it is, if it's not. Yeah, if it if it sounds worse, let us know. We'll go back to the old microphone. We won't, but uh, we value your opinion. Um, and that'll do it for I think on this edition of Any Given Thursday. Thanks for listening to the conference. Group of losers. And as always, David, cheers to the gaffer. Cheers.